fucking stupid. This is gonna bankrupt us. I want out of this now. How has the brand evolved since 12 months ago when you last on the podcast? At a meeting today, there's 28 of us exploded out of two factories. Revenue-wise, 150% bigger than last year. I called and I go, you're not gonna believe it. Guess who just called me? Priceline. And they want to like place over a million dollars. And they reviewed our samples and they came back and said that they love them. But however, there's no demand for us over there. No one knows who we are. So I said, fuck it, I'm gonna fly over there. I'm gonna stand out in front of your stores and make me in demand. Stay in your own lane. If we were both doing what Adam's doing, probably wouldn't work. Just don't fight. It's intense, but you choose it to be intense. So I think it's important that it's like, oh, it's hard. I chose it to be hard. So I'm acknowledging that I've put us into a challenge. The challenge was laid out by me to the team. Let's work backwards from that. And it's as simple as that. Just quickly before we get started, guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast, can I please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on whatever platform you've been listening. It really helps the podcast grow. All right. Welcome back, Raquel. Adam, welcome for the first time. Now, about a year ago, time flies. We're just chatting. Raquel was on the podcast talking about who is Elijah, the brand that, that, that you guys have built over the last, how long has it been since since launch now? Five years ish? Or? Yeah, we just celebrate, celebrated our fifth birthday in October. Uh, happy birthday to who is Elijah. Thank now. You. Well, I want I want to I want to start with a little bit of a recap of where you were, and then you know how far you've come in a year, which is pretty impressive. The growth mm-hmm. that you've experienced. Now, Adam, it'll be the first time that our listeners have met you, so I want to get to know you a little bit more. But before we get into that, whoever wants to take it and run with it, Rico, Adam, you guys can work it out. For those that that might not have heard the the, the episode you're on last year or haven't. Again, if they've been hiding under a rock and haven't heard who is Elijah, um, how would you explain the brand and what you guys are? Well, they smell really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, every, by the way, every single person in this room is wearing Who's Elijah and there's probably about three different scents yeah, at least. Before around. we got here. Yeah. Um, so Who's Elijah, it started, I know, classic um, story, it started in the garage um, just over five years ago. The idea came from uh, us going to Coachella kind of separately, um, but then I asked him to be my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and from Coachella I met someone and she just smelled amazing and it was an oil fragrance from India. Long story short, started wearing it back at home and had so many people coming up to me all the time, tapping on the shoulder, excuse me, what fragrance are you wearing? And it was a rosé-induced light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. <laughs> You'd be surprised the amount of um, founders I, I've, I've had on the podcast. How did they start? It was actually a couple of red wines yeah. deep and that's how all <laughs> the best ideas are born now. Where, where you guys were last year, you, you're already killing it, but as we all know now, well, I, well obviously I, I know you guys and I've, yeah. I've followed your journey. You've, you've grown a lot. Tell me where the brand was last year and like you don't have to give exact figures and, and, and stuff mm. if you don't want to, but kind of how has the brand evolved since 12 months ago when you last on the podcast? Uh, well, 12 months ago, November last year, if we're going to just go exact, yeah, let's um, we were, we didn't have any major, major wholesale accounts. Like we didn't have Priceline. We, we didn't have, um, Sephora. Sephora or any of these guys overseas. Um, and our online sales were like, okay, we had agencies running our stuff. We had maybe seven staff <laughs> total down there in the warehouse and upstairs. And today, fast forward in 250 Priceline stores, total 650 doors in Australia. Um, just in Australia, that's nuts. Just in Australia. Um, yeah, David Jones, uh, Sephora. Um, we have in-house marketing now and our, our whole team, we had a meeting today. There was 28 of us 
Um, That's pretty cool. Combined from warehouse to upstairs, we've got machinery. We've exploded out of two factories. So we'll be in a new big warehouse next year. Um, launch you know, into the UK. Launch into the UK, launch properly into the US. Revenue-wise, like probably 150% bigger than last year. Um, Massive. And we haven't hit Black Friday yet. <laughs> yeah. Black Friday starts tomorrow. You, this this episode will probably go live in like two, two or so weeks. So, yeah. Um, yeah, very much will be in the midst of Black Friday. Everyone will be pumping out time now. Really impressive growth. Um, before we get into, obviously, there's there's a, a lot of components we want to talk about. Obviously, retail will be a big one. I love the work you do, Raquel, with getting <laughs> getting the attention of these big international retailers. Um, and I obviously, want to talk about Adam, how you took the the ecom, the the marketing in house, and all the problems to look out for with agencies, and how you've been able to scale that. But just for a little bit of background um, on you, Adam, what were you doing before you start started the business? I know you're in you're in business yourself, mm-hmm. I believe, in construction or something yeah. like that. From my memory serves yeah. me correctly, but Tell me about kind of your experience before who's Elijah. Yeah, I had a few businesses. Um, so in 2013, so 10 years ago now, um, I started a joinery design business. I was an apprentice back in the day, uh, cabinet maker, and finished my apprenticeship, hated it, went and traveled the world with my mates, came back and had a couple of opportunities come my way and sort of my mum was like, you should start your own thing. So I just went, fuck it. I'll just start my own joinery design business. And I ran that business from 2013 for eight years. We had, you know, we did $200,000 kitchens for the best houses in Australia. We did all of the big and beautiful homes that you see in Sydney. Like we were the joiners making the cabinets in there, which was really cool. Over the eight year period, I started listening to a lot of the, you know, the OG, Gary V's, Ty Lopez's, those guys. And I really knew that I wanted more than what I just, what I was doing in joinery and that there was a essentially a ceiling on growth when you have a construction business. So I started a business with my mate after a couple of glasses of wine (laughs) um, and it was called Nice Ties Finish Last. Yeah, cool. It was a bow tie company. Um, and we made cool bow ties <laughs> and it sucked, but <laughs> they were nice. I actually got it into a partnership with Gary V and, yeah. um, Venus sports. Yeah. And we were the bow tie accessory company for about 10 NFL athletes for the whole season, Sick. which is like a cool thing, you know, when yeah, I think yeah. back and think about it. Um, how'd so you pull that off? How'd you get that deal across the line? He sent out a DM like when he only had 2 million followers and he's like looking for an accessory company for, um, wow. for, uh, Venus, Venus sports. And I said, hi, I do accessories. Yeah. Just hit him back on the, <laughs> on the DM and got linked up with Tyler, his assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I know Tyler. And then sent stuff over to them, went over there for the meeting, got approved somehow. Like this was a garage backyard <laughs> thing. And I'm like, Gary wants to do my stuff, which is cool. So we did that for a while and then my mate that I was doing it with, he didn't want to do it anymore and it sort of fizzled out because I had no idea about e-com. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was this? Like paint the picture. This is like. 2015. Okay. So like pretty yeah. OG, like pretty Shopify just starting days. to pop. And yeah. We nice. were building. Different back then. Different. Yeah. We were building custom sites and like Clavio and all that wasn't really a thing. Not so what it is now anyway. Not it was all hard. Um, <laughs> so I was doing that while I had the kitchen business and then on the, once I launched the the bow tie brand, this was like influencer early days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
we need to be able to transact in the moment and not go to a website. And it just sort of clicked to me after we did the partnership with Gary, no sales came through these NFL guys. And I'm like, well, why? And I'm like, we need to fix that. Let's make, let's start a company where you can actually transact in the photo. And so I rang my brother and he'd built a weird little app at that time, like a travel app. And yeah. And I said, I want to do this and I want to call it snap pay. You're going to take a screenshot of your photo of your phone and you're going to be able to purchase the products inside it instantly. And that's it. And we both went with it and it went quite away. We started developing it. It got to the point where you could, we had 200 brands on it, Q clothing. We had about 10,000 users on it and we're trying to get funding for it after about two or three years. And it just fell on its face. Yeah. So easy when it, when it's a tech thing like that, yeah. you just soak up so much money, so much so money, much so, money much. so much time, everything. So I had the kitchen be all going at the same time, the kitchens, the tires and the app. And then who's Elijah came along. Um, and I sold the kitchen business thinking that I would go full time into the app. Mm-hmm. The app failed. So I'm like, what am I going to do? What do you put that down to? Obviously that industry is one in a however many make it. It's really yeah. tough, but to get pretty far, you must've done some things right. What was yeah. the lessons? We had some really big meetings. Like we met with Nick and Anthony from Afterpay. We met with Larry from Zip. We met with all the big brands, the iconic, everyone loved it. So we continuously had this, this like motivation to keep going because they said, do this and we'll have it and do this and we'll have it. And it was just ended up being this sort of like hamster wheel of they said if they do the, if we do this, that they'll take it. So we'll just do it and see what happens. Yeah. And we ran out of money yeah. at the end of the day. And we just couldn't get that traction in those tech tech platforms. You need traction or you need significant credibility as a founder. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have credibility because I was a cabinet maker. And I wasn't ex Shopify or ex Facebook or ex Google. So no one took us seriously. We got into the rooms with people, but once we got in there, we had no like credibility to lean on. So that's what I believe. If I started it now on the back of Who's Elijah, I'd probably get some more credibility. It would be a lot easier to raise capital as well. Yeah. Off the back of that. Off the back of that. So I had, I, I had the tech like brain and the mechanics of how to put things together. And literally with kitchens, but actually, you know, with digitally with apps and then the NTFL, it all just came together in this weird way. And when we didn't succeed in getting funding, who was large, who was just finding its feet. We'd got the first delivery of stuff to our apartment and I was like (laughs) making room for it and we were figuring out how to do it. And I'll go and clean the garage out because we need to get more, (laughs) we need more stock to go in the garage and then we need to get more stock. We've got to go to a warehouse in shed in Cornell. I'll go and make the shelves and I'll like try as much as I can to to like make it neat for us. And then obviously I was attached to the business every day. We started to employ people and then I started to to lean on it a bit because Raquel was struggling at times and I just came in one day. I said, I'm just going to do all of this from now on Mm. and that's, this, this, this is going to change to this. And you just go over and do product and do amazing things. Let me help you with this because I can see that, you know, you need to be over here. (laughs) You need to be over here doing this and I can handle all of this. And I just really loved it. The minute that I got there, I like, I, I love it so much. And I lean on all those previous, you know, I've been in business since I was 22 years old now. So it's not a, 
I've been there for two years. Like I've had 10 years, 11 years of, you know, battling and battling away. So I do, I do get it. I was wondering what that conversation was like, like how it comes up and was there any hesitation from both sides? But it seems like both of you, it kind of just lined up perfectly with where you're at. And, and I there was limit- call a conversation. It just kind of happened. It just happened. Yeah. No, I don't think we sat down and went, okay, well, I want to do this. Or yeah. like, do you need help Here's with this? Here's a contract. Yeah. No, there was no sign. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to sign right here yeah. quickly. Yeah. No, no it, it was just, happened. yeah, we both, you know, obviously a husband and wife and, you know, we've got kids and everything and it's just like, I think very fortunately for us, we just we love who is Elijah so much and we're so passionate about it, probably mentally in different ways. Mm-hmm. But um it's we're both attached to the same goal, driving as hard as we can. And it just we just stay in our own lanes. With with that app, um, one last question on that. What's the closest thing that's been developed now? Is there is there anything that's done that, nailed that yet? Or I'm still I watch it closely, the space, because we have our tech sitting there still. Yeah, yeah. Um and there's so like Depop mm-hmm. is very similar, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Depop is is an in app and a closed community. Our app allowed you to do what you do on Depop, but every platform. Wow! So you could attach a product to an image, mm-hmm. the image would turn into a website by itself, and you could purchase the product from the image. And you could send the image link as a URL anywhere. Interesting that it hasn't been fully um, scaled and, and, and rolled out to the market at that point. Maybe yeah. we should do it again. I know, it's sitting there and there's there's a part of me that's like watching all the big tech guys and the social guys try and do it. And I'm like, oh, if I could just come into your office, I could show you how to do it. Maybe they <laughs> sell the tech because yeah. yeah. we won't say who, but there's that other company that Failed. are sort of in yeah. the same position because we, we they got funding right before sort of – you decided to stop yeah. this and snatch it and they haven't gone any further. Yeah. So but it's because they didn't have the tech, but we've got the tech. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one, but like, you know, it's something that sits there for me, but you know, I watch the big guys and see them try. And I feel like sometimes you just all need to get together and huddle it out and go, all right, let's just do this the right way because it needs to be done. You're both so passionate about is who, who is Elijah, but I said a, a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, for sure, obviously look at the podcast and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you get all these, like you get experience in business and then you get addicted to the thrill of mm. building something, creating something new. Do you guys ever have to be like, settle down, let's focus on this one thing. Do you get attracted by these other ideas? I know you launched like a, a sub brand, like mm. Perfume X, which is a really fun kind of maybe Gen Z targeted mm. brand, or a little bit younger. How do you guys, you know, deal with that? Do you guys want to just make sure it's, this is your focus? Are you open to dibbling and doubling in different things? Um, I think like perfume X, at, at, at least it's kind of the same product. For sure. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't, we were mental. I was, thought I would launch it this month, but I think we're going to launch it in March now just cause I'm mm-hmm. um, a bit hectic, Sure. but I feel like that's maybe not as, it's like not a different product mm-hmm. type. So maybe it's not going to be crazy mm. definitely targeting the more gen z um we've already got some really big retailers that want to come on board so we're gonna sort of just only do the major retailers with yeah. this one just make it a little bit easier i think what we did we did try another business together and it failed <laughs> miserably in covid um yeah, yeah. but i do think that the two of us have looked around at other things mm. but there's there's finding a shiny new toy right which everyone is guilty of and I used to do this a lot, find a shiny new toy or go and create a new one inside your existing business. So like mm-hmm. what is the shiny new thing for who is Elijah? It's the US. All yeah. right, well, let's just yeah. go and do that and let's not go and be property developers and go and, you know, 
do a water company or so, like let's just <laughs> pick this lane and stay at it. Yeah, it's so it's so like you follow Homozzi, I, I imagine. Yeah. Like he he put out a post in the last last week or two about like you know the the bullshit fallacy that you mm. know the average millionaire has seven income streams. Yeah. As someone that now has multiple businesses and projects, I'm telling yeah. you, if you want to make money, just do one. Just do thing. one. Yeah. It's yeah. so much easier. Like this mm. is my ADHD brain that you know mm. needs to do multiple things, but. I've made money. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to. Like this is like once you've done one thing and done it really well, then yeah. you can start trying. But some that so many people will come to me and like I've got these three great business ideas. I'm going to yeah. try build them all at the same time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, no, like, yeah. trust me. One's hard enough. But if you like, it's just like the law of compounding. If you can mm. put all your energy and all your all your brain power, then like there's that whole energetic law of the universe and yep. visualization law of attraction. You put that into one, one thing, thing. Look at look how much you guys have grown in a year because you've both had solid yeah. focus on that one thing. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Now let's start talking about some of those growth factors, but. I think you, we can't really talk about the growth that's happened without talking about kind of the problems that mm. were evident in the business before you guys, I don't know what happened, how you guys came together and decided we're going to pivot this way and we're going to do it like this. And obviously things have worked out great. But mm. what was kind of, where was the problems in the business before? I know there was a few things like retailers in the UK or partners in the UK mm. and the agency problem. Mm. Mm. Paint the picture of kind of where you're at before you got this clarity and move forward in this new direction. The agency was definitely the biggest problem. Mm. Drained our bank account. Yeah, we were in a position. So if we rewind 12 months ago to November, we were growing organically quickly mm-hmm. and we didn't know how or why, right? This is a this is a good thing and a problem at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And not knowing how just means just you, the assumption is it'll just keep going. Mm. Right. So at the time we had two, we had an agency um, that was doing okay, to be fair. And I just didn't think that this person was going to be good enough to get it, to, to continue the momentum and get us to the next stage. So in November last year, I moved us to a different agency and that was where everything went, started to go wrong for us. But it also got us to where we are now. And I'm glad we did it, but we went through hell. Yeah. But I, we went to the new agency and like most people that are probably listening, you don't actually know what the agencies do or how they do it, <laughs> why they do it. They give you this monthly report with some cool pictures on it and it says keep going, good stuff. And we'll keep spending your money and we'll take you to lunch. Yeah. So – we were starting to see like the agency that we were using was spending like so much money and just the return was starting to get really bad. And admittedly, I didn't know what they were doing or, or if it was bad, if it was as bad as we thought it was, but it was when, in, when I looked, but it was trying to understand that how bad it was. And then at the same time, we decided to, to launch into the UK with this big global partner. And they, you know, sold us the dream and they took us down this rabbit hole of building websites and all this stuff. When it came to the day where we had to talk about revenue expectations and marketing allocation, they just said, oh, yeah, how much are you willing to spend? Let's say thousand bucks a day for the year, 300 grand a year, 300,000 pound a year. And the expected revenue was going to be 200,000 pound. And, um, and they thought that was a good go. And, and I, I was like how you Excuse are now. Yeah. I was like, we you guys, to start. do you guys know n- numbers? Are you guys joking? Yeah. And they're like, that's good. I'm like, what do you mean it's good? What about the cost of the product? What about the cost of the operations? What about yeah. the whole business? 
have got to survive off this. And they couldn't figure it out. So I got the CFO of this company that has 80,000 employees on the call. I said, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? This is going <laughs> to bankrupt us. I want out of this now. Yeah. That's fucking mental. And we're still trying to get out of it properly. We're in an almost legal battle with them. Um, really? Yeah. So that and that was- stuff is it legal battles in when you're in business is such a killer because it it's the, the the money, yeah, and obviously lawyers are very expensive, particularly mm. international lawyers. But it's it's the brain capacity that yeah. they tried to charge us three hundred. What was it? How many three hundred thousand dollars to get out of the contract? We refused. So wow. that all happened early early this year. A bad agency, bad deal over there, nearly yeah. bankrupt us. Mm. To be completely fair, um, then we yeah yeah. Uh, what's a paint the picture, you guys at home? Like, how do yeah. you guys keep each other up? Like, and not just be like, let the defeatist attitude because you're both in it. Yeah. Like usually if there's one partner's got one business and one's working a job or another business, you're yeah. not both experiencing the highest highs. highs and lowest yeah. lows at the same time. Yeah. You guys both were. What's mm. the, what's the mood around the house <laughs> when you're just like, fuck, babe. I wish I could just show you a video. Yeah. <laughs> but very yeah. different. I go for the jugular, say fuck a million times and scream yeah. and yell. He's very calm. Um, then waits for me to settle down and delete my email before I send it. <laughs> Just type it up and delete yeah. it. Um, the best, the best I don't know, but it, uh, there's some, I don't know, the universe looks out for us though because I think we do go through these really, really tough times that, and this particular time, you know, I think it was in April, like we had no money and I was just like, Adam, we've got no money and it's like these people have taken all of our money from us, the ads aren't working, like what do we do? Wholesalers aren't paying, like on paper, like we've got money but it's not in the bank account. And then I'm at home and I just had surgery and I was on pain meds. I'm sitting on the lounge crying my eyes out, like hyperventilating, yeah. thinking like I'm a failure, yeah. you know, because it's four years in and I was like, we shouldn't be going through these fucking problems anymore. Like, of course, but like not to that extent. Yeah. And then he rushed home and he's like, it's going to be okay. He goes, that's right, I'll, we'll go and do certain things and I'll go. Fire the agency, we'll get out yeah, of the contract. Fire everyone, everything, everything. And then before you got back to the office. Yeah, which is a two-minute drive. Which is about a five-minute drive. I called and I go, you're not going to believe it. Guess who just called me? Priceline, and they want to like place like over a million dollars order. I think it was like one point seven. It was a, it was a wig out. It was like I was driving back to the factory. Mm. And I'm like, all right, game mode, let's go. <laughs> and then I turn around half before I even got there, and I get back, and she's like happy tears like, from sad tears to happy yeah. tears. I'm like, what? And she's shaking. She's like, Priceline just who had never even emailed us. So this just, was out of, you weren't ran, already like no, in discussions? No discussions, so just how a it, random mobile yeah. number. So how, how did they even get your number? So how it happened was um, uh, the buyer that got us into Adore Beauty like three plus years ago, she left Adore Beauty and started working at Priceline. And she wasn't working in the fragrance category, but she told Bridget, who actually now works for Who Is Elijah. That's cool. <laughs> um, she told Bridget, like, you have to get Who Is Elijah because she Bridget ran the fragrance category. You have to get Who Is Elijah on the shelves. They sell like crazy for us. And that's all it was. So yeah. out of nowhere, yeah. you get a phone call, yeah. no discussions, no decks, no pictures, no Nothing. samples. I sent all of that yeah. after the initial yeah, phone but, call. But, but, but not did, before. Yeah. Not before, no. Not before. So, but, you know, <laughs> like after like a certain time, like your brand's out there. Like, of course. They had been, still, admittedly, yeah. they said that they had been watching us for a while. Um, so they obviously want to see how you build up your socials yeah, and like yeah, all of yeah. that stuff. But th- I think that was in April and we launched, we soft launched in May, hard launched in June. Yeah. And then and had money again at the end of June. Yeah. <laughs> so that moment. Now I like to talk about this as well because obviously we talk about a lot of the problems and the challenges that mm. entrepreneurs go through, and it isn't all sunshine and mm. rainbows, as we all know. Mm. 
But what is that night like you get home and you're just like, fuck, like, of course we've got this, but yeah. look at this. How do you celebrate those wins? Yeah, we, I think we just like sat on the lounge. We had a glass of wine and we just like, it's just like, like that complete sense of like release and like let go. Yeah. Um, and something I did say throughout the, the time while we're getting the, getting the order ready and getting the, waiting for the money was our like whole like, you know, thoughts about the business changed obviously, but we hadn't got a dollar from them yet. So we were still in the financial spot. Cash flow, right? Cash flow day to day. But we were happy because something was coming. Yeah. But we didn't have it for two or three months and we still we still were like, everything's fine, everything's good, uh, which it was. Um, so Was that, it, was it, that invoice was, paid in one go, like at the end of the month, whatever yeah. the term? So, fuck, that would be yeah. so it was. We went to Europe like two days <laughs> before. We went to Europe two days later. But we <laughs> had, um, you know, and that was yeah. in March April. and uh, April. We, we had the bad start. Then we actually called... Paul, one of our advisors, we just spoke about mm-hmm. Paul Waddy, yeah. and he came to the office for the first time and we were in this this spot, mm. this panic before Priceline. And he's like, fuck, I wish I got here sooner, guys. Like, talk to me. And I just laid it all out to him mm. and he's like, guys, it's not as bad as you think. You know how we said before, he just clearly sees problems mm. for what they are yeah. and he just goes, guys, you're doing good. Everything's fine. Do this, this, and this. Mm. So we had that, like, sense of relief as well from him. We had the sense of relief from Priceline and then we had the marketing agency, got rid of them and I took on the ads in-house, um, which is an, you know, an awesome thing we should talk more about. But we we killed it on an end of financial year sale, which was June 30, two days after we got the Priceline money. So we were just like <laughs> all of a sudden we went from like we're in trouble here to like let's go. The best period that the business yeah. has ever experienced. And that's why from – from June till now, I was just saying to the team before, we went from eight to 28 people, machines, all these stockists, and it was because of that phone call from Priceline mm. and the change in agency, which, you know, has been the best thing for us. Best thing for sure. Now yeah. you get the, you get the order, I believe it was like 40,000 bottles of. of 42,000. 42,000 yeah. bottles. Yeah. You, you had like a team of seven or something at that time. How do yeah. you, like, what's your first, how do you react to be like, okay, sweet. we got the order. Mm. Yeah. We need to produce it, bottle it and make, make this actually exist yeah. before we can even think about getting the money. Yeah. Mm. Well, we had some time. I think we had, we had six, six weeks, weeks to fill it, but this was, we didn't have any You were hand feeling it, right? We were hand feeling it. 42,000 bottles. Literally. So we, it did take us four. four so weeks. it came in like two separate POs. So the first one was just 10 mils. Mm. Uh, I think how many was that? About 10 mils, like the stick one? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. might have been like 10,000 bottles. So we had to deliver that first. And then the next one was the 42,000. And it took us, it kind of shut down. Shut down the whole the business. business for about a, yeah, about yeah. six yeah. weeks or so. Yeah. Um, but that's when we started to bring on more people, wasn't it? Yeah, we had no choice. Yeah. And we had like late nights and, you know. Yeah, the girls were doing everyone. like 12-hour days. Like we were there till 8 o'clock at night and just going for it. So Those war room days are the best, particularly yeah. when you're at war for a good reason. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. And just coming off like one of the most turbulent, yeah. challenging periods mm. it must feel so much yeah. sweeter. It's like when you're building something and it's, like there's a lot happening and like things are breaking as you scale, but, and then you just, the whole team yeah. is like really gets tight and comes yeah. together mm-hmm. for like that bigger purpose for this yeah. vision. That's all of a sudden starting comes to click life. after all yeah. these years of hard work. It wasn't mm-hmm. just one phone call that came out of the, yes, that's it right. just happened yeah. to come at a really interesting time yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of the story. Now, you, how do you go from seven to obviously 28 in a, in a, in a year or probably 
be almost, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 30 by the time this episode mm. comes out. By the time we go back to the office. <laughs> yeah. um, now, we obviously spoke last time you were on, Raquel, about mm. some challenges with hiring, potentially hiring too soon and navigating that. How have you guys been able to hire over 20 people in, in a year? Has anything changed around your thought process or, or mm. processes around bringing people into the business? Well, most of the staff that we have hired or a good chunk of them have been in the warehouse. So they're quite easy I want to say easy hires, but the sort of the girl, like the, our existing staff just go and hire people that they already Friends know. And, and yeah, yeah. It's kind of, that's how yeah. everyone got hired. But then we started hiring upstairs staff, so like our office employees. Um, so who we got? We got an e-commerce manager. With, you know, we desperately needed that role. So now mm. I think we hire based on almost desperation because it makes us almost feel a little bit safer that we know that we need that hire yeah. rather than hiring too early yeah and like, fuck i hope we can, you say that? Yeah, we, right. we can keep you yeah. yeah and i mean we hired like four people in a week didn't we at one stage yeah yeah we, we've been you know i think last time we sort of were still doing this like friends connection mm-hmm. even for some of these more senior roles and we you know we put the ads out this time we did you know better hiring processes we're not perfect at it but mm-hmm. we definitely did better like interviews and we had Paul sitting on some interviews and he asked questions that we just didn't know to ask and you know i think we can easily both of us say yeah you're good no worries you can have a job you know but <laughs> yeah. you know we really should be like there's probably four other people that are as good so we need to look at all of them yeah, yeah. and it's that you know saying that you um Hire slow and fire fast, and that we've probably we're probably higher. still is hiring. Fire fast, fire? Well, no, higher slow, higher slow, fire fast. Oh. Yeah, we're probably still hiring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, it's it's one yeah. of those things that it's like a little bit um goes against like what you you think your instinct you would be. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely definitely gotten better at it. We've got a great team upstairs mm-hmm. now. So you know, going into this tomorrow, Black Friday, like I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have these people. Yeah. And they're and such a good team. What What was the, the most considered role that you've had to hire for for upstairs, do you think? Well, Bridget, so Bridget is was the buyer that got us into Priceline. Mm-hmm. So she actually ended up leaving Priceline while I was in America recently and we got like an email saying, oh, farewell, Bridget. And that could when Adam and I first spoke to Bridget when she was getting us into yeah. price and we both looked at her, each other and we're like, fucking, we need to hire her. She's yeah. fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and then I saw this email and I said to Adam, I was like, should I text her? Like, I think we should hire her. And I said, text her immediately. Text her immediately. So I text <laughs> her and she called me and she's, I was like, oh, what are you going to do? And she's like, oh, I've got some interviews. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm in LA. I'm back on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Do not take a job. I want you to work for me. Do you want to work with us? And she's like, fuck yes. That's hectic. Um, and I hired her on the spot as soon as I got home. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so what's she leading like retail expansion? Oh, so, uh, whole, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wholesale? The wholesale, retail, like global yeah. sales account manager. She's taught us so much. Like it's pretty much like the B2B, no wonder we had no B2B money. <laughs> director of the business. She does the whole yeah. B2B side. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the flip side, we will get back more into the retail mm. stuff. Cause I do want to chat about that. But like you said, I want to talk about taking the ads in house before we do that. Obviously agencies can be great. You mm. would have had good partners. You would have bad partners, yes. but what's some of the warning signs that, mm business owners, e-com business owners can look out for when maybe, you know, a little bit about Facebook ads, mm. but you haven't really run it yourself too much. And it can mm. be very easy for these reports to make everything yeah. look like sunshine and rainbows, yeah. but yeah. you know, they don't see the PL, they don't really care about their margins. They're just trying to look good and whatever these couple yeah. of metrics. Yeah. What are some of the warning signs of things to look out for to, to make sure that you're not getting taken advantage of purposefully or, yeah. or maybe it's just not, not working and they don't understand that. Yeah. I think two things, but one thing is that if they try to make it sound really hard to do, mm. it's not that hard. 
once you figure it out, this step by step, it's not that hard. Um, and that if they are in, if the agency is incentivized to spend more money, meaning that the retainer is eight thousand a month, and or say ten thousand a month, but once you get to a hundred grand a month in spend, then they take ten percent of spend. Bad spend, yeah, right. So immediate red flag. Why do they need more? For do it like it's no so everyone listening knows there is no more work required in your account to turn the the budget spend from one thousand dollars to two thousand dollars. It's a one second click. <laughs> Sorry, right? every agency. So every agency out there, like that's a problem, right? But mm. there's no extra effort required. There might be some basic setup stuff, but you know that's detailed stuff. But if they if they are incentivized to spend more of your money, get out. Yep. Do not do it. And, you know, if they book in monthly lunches for you, get out of it. Like, what is this lunch for? I don't want lunch. It's a waste like, of time. Don't make me money. Meetings for the sake of meetings are so stupid anyway. Yeah. yeah. So incentivized spend is important. And if they, you know, are very sort of fluffy with how they explain return on ad spend and how they explain impressions, how they explain how much the costs click. If you don't know those terms, then, then they're going to, continue to confuse you on purpose. Yeah. And I've got a good mate who's got a great agency and I love the agency that he's got and I'm proud of him for everything he's done. Some of the biggest brands in Australia have used his agency. So I'm not ripping on all agencies, but I'm just ripping on the ones that are purposely coming for you to, to confuse you and to get their retainer. So yeah, I just, it frustrates me because I was like, so there recently and I know so many brands that are there they just don't even know they're there so where so what's the catalyst for 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 you taking it in-house were you already having thoughts of trying it yourself so where where do you go like what triggers the decision and then how do you realize fuck I, yeah. I gotta do this myself now yeah so we were obviously going through the problems with you know overspending and not getting return and I started to see which people probably listening would have seen also ads for this guy called Jay Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just kept popping up at the right time and I'm going through my frustrations and I'm like, I'll give it a, give it a go and see yeah. what happens. And I just went in there, you know, additionally for us to give more context was that we just got the Priceline deal. So if I failed for two months, you, it you didn't had a matter. bit of runway, right? So I had some runway. So that was like a bit of relief for me yeah. and the company that we could sort of fail online for two months and we'd be fine. We're already failing anyway. And we're already <laughs> failing before. So like what's the, what's the worst going to be? We don't have to pay the 10 grand retainer. Um, so a 10 grand retainer's nuts, by the way. Crazy. Just quietly. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. Crazy. So I did Jay's course and ended his community and it was just like this perfect piece of the puzzle that was just like step-by-step community that teaches you and helps you. Lots of support. Lots of support. And I know I'm giving him a wrap, but like it's really changed our business. But then we went, you know, I went through the training and I remember we pressed the button. We were at the crown for someone for a birthday or something. I'm like, I'm nervous to like turn it off, turn all the other ones off and turn these on. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, do I do it? And these are the ones you built yourself. These are the ones I built myself. And I'm like, do I press the campaigns correctly and all that? And then (laughs) I remember doing it and all day and all night, I was just on my laptop watching the, the, (laughs) watching the attribution hit. And I'm like, Oh, that one got 20 robots. That one got five, you know, like, and gave me confidence that we could do it. 
On the first month we beat, we, we matched the existing agencies. Mm-hmm. The second month I was beating the existing agencies. And then the third month we did end of financial year sale. And I put that together in three days because I didn't know how to run a sale before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did five and a half thousand orders, which was pretty much five months worth of revenue Crazy. previously. We did 5,000 orders in two days and it just like nearly broke us, but like it was, <laughs> it, we could get the mechanics of the ad account to do it. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me this confidence that we can do this in-house and we can, we can build our, our marketing budgets and we can build our, our branding in-house. So it's great. So fundamentally, without getting too nitty gritty, what, what were some of the fundamental changes, differences in the ad account or the, was it like the structure of the accounts? Was it the copy? Was it the creative? Yeah. What were the kind of fundamental changes that you put into the account? So our previous agency, he would just run with five UGC ads in one broad campaign. That was it. Top of funnel, broad, no exclusions, just broad. One campaign. Like, what the hell? And you don't know. Then they give you a report on the five pieces of content and how they're doing. Oh, we'll see how it goes next month. This is how it did last month. You leave it in there, right? And 10 grand and, retainer to and 10 grand retainer. And, and then, then saying that the results, results are good. That was what was. And then there was another the, repeat of the UK. Another, <laughs> yeah. Another agency was, they were just like firing all these random campaigns off. There was no structure to it. And there was no like. Is that, that one you moved to for a little bit? One we yeah, moved yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. There was no like, you know, structure to I'd it. I'd say that's even worse. Yeah. Really way to worse. Lose money doing that. Yeah. So with the structure that we have, we have like this, you know, six, like I call them OG campaigns that are like top of funnel, um, middle of funnel. Um, and they've got exclusions on them and it's quite a set up. The ad sets are detailed ad sets and narrowed ad sets. And then the actual individual pieces of content, what I didn't realize before was that you really need to watch that every piece of content every couple of days, at least to see which piece of content is taking all the money. And which piece of content is burning out and which piece of content is doing amazing. And you just don't get that with other agencies because you're not in the account every day. And they don't, they just, even if they're great, they're yeah. not going to care as much as you. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the tricky part. Yeah. And well. we thought that UGC was the only piece of content we should use for ads. And I started putting product images in there and carousels and collections and all sorts of different versions of ads. And we don't use UGC anymore. Wow. Yeah, and it's even. just people just love a standard us. still static image, which is a product image. Yeah. So, you know, we obviously with some of the other agencies, they didn't know that was going to happen because they never tested anything. Yeah. And and look, it can be different brand to brand. Yeah. Maybe UGC so works for all their other brands, yeah. but yeah. who is Elijah? Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's it's clearly different. Now, when, you, when you're in the account and you're seeing, okay, these, these three pieces of content are performing really well, not too much these ones, how do you then, what's your process of then, okay, how do you take those learnings and then mm. pass it on to the yep. creative team to be like, we want more like this. What's mm. that process like? Well, I'll sit with uh, Jazz, our creative manager, um, and show her mm-hmm. and, you know, look in the Dropbox and see what we can get sort of quickly if we need to change quickly. But we aren't at that stage yet, which we will probably after Black Friday. We're not at that stage where I'm doing full like presentations on on things that are working, things that aren't working. I'm just looking at it very closely and I'm grabbing stuff from social. I'm grabbing stuff from our e-com imagery or I'm, you know, saying stop sending me UGC because it's not working anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't spend money on creators anymore. Um, So it's quite a, 
me responsible for me yeah, thing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we will look to build it out eventually because, you know, I just can't do it all. Do you guys have a studio in your – you guys should make one because you've got a team of how many girls. You won't need to ever hire mm. UGC creators again. Yeah. You can cut and film yeah. whatever you want yeah. on the spot. Yeah. And you can test the littlest things. You can get content in yeah. a yeah. idea filmed in the ad account in a day. Like, yeah. Yeah. When you get in that new space, yeah, I would ro- highly recommend that. And then you'll fucking have some fun yeah. making yeah. content there as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's not that UGC sort of doesn't work. I think the type of UGC that we were trying to push to people doesn't work. Like this like perfect unboxing that's like this, you know, sparkly, everything's beautiful and everything's amazing and, you know, it's I just don't think that works for us. Mm-hmm. So we just need to find different things. And even my coaches at – you know, Jay's community, they're like, UGC doesn't work for you. Just, just park it. Yeah. It's Isn't completely that interesting because pre- for a lot of brands, it probably still works really, really well. You'd right? think yeah. for us we would need it, which is why we thought because it's fragrance, you need to talk about it. But I don't know. Yeah, and I think on the back of us actually, you know, having some credibility in Australia now, people know who we are. They just, you know, have heard through PR or agencies or podcasts that, you know, who is Elijah's legit. So they just come and find a static image that explains what, they want mm-hmm. and they go for it. So it's interesting and I'm sure it'll change in a few months, but you know, it's a, it's an everyday thing. Also as well, like part of the process with you guys, you've been around, for, like I said, over five years now, the room smells incredible. The yeah. product will sell itself eventually as well. Yeah. So it's like mm. not about always having to, you know, there's so much advice out there for entrepreneurs. You should be doing this. You should be trying that. Mm. If you try and action everyone's piece of advice, you're just going to run yourself so, so thin and it's not going to work. So I, I love that you guys, took that in-house and, and took those learnings. But what creatives just, I know I know the static mm. and then we'll move on because I know we're spending a bit, but mm-hmm. there right. are a lot of e-com yeah, listeners cool. in the podcast. Like what's is it, what sort of content for those like, yeah. fl- like static images, flat lays, yeah. like what sort of content really pops off in terms of the high mm. converting piece yeah. of creative for you guys? I think it's this, um, it's two, it's like a flat lay um lifestyle image of the mm-hmm. product, just like on some sheets or on some sort of background that's different yep. and just really clean and crisp mm-hmm. can see the bottle, can see the name of it, not blurry. It's not like, you know, confusing. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is nomad. This is how we have it. This is how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a lot of people just don't put the price of something on it because they think it's, why would we tell people the price? We want them to come to the website and find out the price. Well, you got to get them there first. Yeah. So we'll put the price on most of the static content. Um, and just being like trying to like mix it up sometimes. So sometimes it's like cruelty-free hand-filled Australian, you know, loved. And then some, and then an AB test is like, you know, yours forever, memories forever, like less like UPS, uh, USP, less like more like lifestyle and emotion driving um, copy. On your website, do you guys break down like the notes and the scents and things in it like that? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a fragrance story and then the notes. That's cool. And there's a fragrance story in the notes and, you know, (laughs) when when we read the notes – I, my assumption is that no one knows what these things smell like. Like <laughs> no one knows what amber smells like. If I tell you it's got yeah. amber and and jasmine, I don't expect you to know what that smells like. So some people do. Some, <laughs> some people do, but but yeah, but there's an emotion attached to what the perception yeah. of that word smells like. That's regardless, right. yeah. Yeah. amber. Ooh, yeah. But what we what we do yeah. put on there, yeah. we have three descriptive words for all fragrances. So yes. like you read it, and it's like a woody floral yeah. fragrance or smoky. So it kind of like 
trying to put everything on there so that someone will know what something means. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you, when you guys rolled out your rebrand, so that mm. was earlier in the, how long ago was the rebrand? Launched in January. January. Yeah. Did the website get a bit of an overhaul when you guys did the rebrand or? Yeah, we did redid the proper new website that we have now a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some. Not too long ago. We had, you know, we had some troubles with the website and our developers over oh, the years. Right. Um, Another agency. We, <laughs> yeah, we had someone, someone stood in the beginning, an agency, I think. Oh, that's right. Um, and. <laughs> Then we had another guy do it who was just this like lone wolf like traveler, remember? And he was in like um, Jordan, and then, he, ages and then he disappeared. And we I've just had, had no, we had no well. one to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so we had the site running. We couldn't make any changes. Not that oh, we, yeah, that's right. Remember? Yeah. And then we got Are you guys on Shopify or yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And then we got an agency to help us out, and they sort of like stuffed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we spent forty grand on getting a proper you know, Shopify partner clean built from the clean. Start. So those He's guys. Great. We still work with him now. Yeah, Will is great. So, um, yeah, it's a really good thing that we did. And then we just split out the sites into four sites for US, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah, so yeah. that was a bit of like a logistics thing. You think you just, oh, we'll just set up four locations, but it's like all the apps and all the shipping and all the repls. It's like when you start to, to unravel these these projects in the business, you can find yourself in like a lot of work to do, but we did it all before um, Black, Friday. Black Friday and, you know, we've just set it all up. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into Black Friday preparation in a minute, what that looks like, but I want to talk to Raquel's awesome trips. As you said, you're a little bit tired. You've been jetting <laughs> all over the place. Now, for those that don't follow you, explain kind of the motive behind these trips, kind of guerrilla-style marketing activations to mm. get recognised by obviously like these retailers in Australia, you've – built brand, people know who you are, they've watched you, and then you just get a random phone call from Wendell Order. Yeah. Maybe in the US or the UK, obviously the brand isn't there yet. How do you go and then force your way into the, the you know, in, in front of the faces from the buyers, from these big retailers mm. that would have more stores than most Australian retailers yeah. would, so... Um, well, I actually have a little thanks to give you because because of you, we are talking to Ulta. Oh, sick. Awesome. So thank you. No um, so I haven't met with them yet. I've offered lots of times to play over <laughs> yeah, with yeah. them, but they're reviewing right now actually, yeah. which is good. Um, but so like the UK, we went to the UK in June um, because we spoke to Boots and for anyone who doesn't know, Boots is like Priceline on heaps of steroids. Mm-hmm. Um so that would be an amazing partner to have. Uh, and they reviewed our samples and they came back and said that they love them. But, however, there's no demand for us over there. No one knows who we are. So I said, fuck it, I'm going to fly over there. I'm going to stand out in front of your stores and make me in demand. <laughs> um, I haven't got like a yes from them yet, but people that I've spoke, Australian brands that I've spoken to said that they that, that's like a two-year conversation with them. It's not a quick overnight thing. Like here, like you'd heard like Priceline, we were on the shelves within – two to three months, but it's just so different over there, which mm. I've kind of like finally have learned that I need to be a bit more patient. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pull back on the overseas trips. I, <laughs> I looked at how much we spent this year on them and it's pretty mm. bad or good. I don't know. Um, but I think we just want to be different. Like we we're a, a product that we are able to easily sample in the masses, you know, it's a lot cheaper for us to do that than it is to pay influencers nowadays. Like they're charging way too much. And they don't convert like they do. And they don't convert. So, you know, we're sort of just like 
just doing guerrilla marketing now and it's actually so much more fun. You guys are doing something unique. Like it's different to like you yeah. said, so many, so many brands. Where do you get the ideas for this stuff? Like mm. you walked around with your little card, little card. card <laughs> through the streets of London. And- um, well, I, ha- I think it's like, honestly, I don't know, just like now that we've got all of these employees, a lot of my roles and responsibilities have been taken from me, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so now I have time to sort of have that creative thinking time and just sort of focus on that. So I feel like I've been coming up with really good ideas lately. Yeah, she'll um, sort of be sitting quiet for some, you know, for <laughs> some time and then, you know, she'll just come burst into the office and she's like, I want to do this and we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Go <laughs> Bye. <do it>. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll go and talk to, you know, she normally like seeds the idea with um, Jazz, our creative mm-hmm. girl, and both of them will just sort of like, you know, shoot for the stars and just see what they can come up with. And the going to Boots and getting the 500 samples, like they d- it didn't start with let's go get a cart and, and some T-shirts. It was like let's go and like throw these in front of everyone and we're all going to need a cart and T-shirt and make content and we'll do all. And it just sort of evolves into this bigger yeah. this bigger project. But, you know, every I'm always like on the edge of my seat waiting for like some idea to come through the door that's going to just change everything. But, you know, sort of it happens. Here's this idea, Adam. Can you, yeah, can you just Adam? go do this? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, like, just to prove it. <laughs> yeah. um, have, have you heard any whispers from any of the kind of higher ups at Boots if they saw what you guys did and saw any of that splash you guys made? They, I don't know, they just like don't love a chat. But um, <laughs> I, I'm sure that they did because we, oh, we, they definitely would because we emailed the links to like the videos that yeah. we did and the, their Boots staff were coming out of the Boots stores and coming to get samples as well. That's probably one of the best things you can do get the staff mm. yeah. with their hands on it and they're going to like love the product and, and then how, they're going to be your, yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's like, it's like, again, another Gary V thing, like patience in the macro, but yeah. still like fucking doing everything you can yeah. in the day to day at the same time. But if you can marry the two and still be like, let's make shit happen as long as like, like as much as we can each day. So then when your head hits the pillow, like you can, you can sleep knowing yeah. you, you, you put everything you have, but then not also having the pressure of, I need to be in boots next month. Yeah. And then that starts to like fuck with your head. Yeah. And like, yeah. as an entrepreneur, like it, there's so many yeah. different things at all times. Yeah. It can be really fucking Intense. mental upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like everything, like the universe has given us everything when we're actually ready for it. Like if we realistically got an order from boots tomorrow, yeah, we'd, <laughs> we'd have until Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. probably would have, but then again, it's probably like a three month lead time, but yeah. I don't know like that it's logistically getting it all over to the UK and apparently they're a nightmare to ship to. So, that's so you're like going to have to set up like a three PL over there. I imagine we've like, got one in Manchester. Okay. Yeah. But just like the, you, know, you would know how like the logistics that the re- every retailer is, is different, like how you have to have it delivered and the labeling and all of that. It's almost like we probably have to get our own place or a partner that already shipped to Boots. Yeah. I don't that'd know. Be, that'd be a partner. That'd be a partner. That, that have, have yeah. relationships with Boots. But how has it changed? Because we actually, we still sell, like still sell to the, we used to have like a, a, a UK subdomain as well, but like, we were still shipping from Australia at that point mm. and yep. all the duties and stuff. Has that, any of that changed since we've like, they've done the Brexit thing and mm. strengthened ties or, or is there still like. We only of, know the, the the way it is now. So I'm not sure what it was before. Like, is yeah. that, do you guys pay like a decent amount of duties when you send product there? Um, like do your customers have to pay duties or do you guys have to pay duties? We ship everywhere domestically. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we ship, yeah. To, we ship to the 3PL okay. and then 3PL ships. Yeah. But yeah. there is, so DHL has DHL like global now mm-hmm. for um, online as well, which they've had for a little while. 
but you can just connect it to your site, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And you can distribute anywhere around the world with DHL. So some people will tell you to turn your marketing on to just worldwide and see what sticks yeah. versus trying to go for like a specific location. Setting up and everything. And setting up everything and just see what sticks first. Yeah. Use DHL to get it there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a few different ways, but we always just – want the customer to get it as fast as possible. So it's like we have to be shipping domestically with 3PL to do that. Yeah. And because we're a dangerous good, like we can only ship with the bloody most expensive freight carrier. Yeah. So it, just, it wouldn't work for us to ship domestic, uh, internationally. And the yeah. prices wouldn't be worth it for you guys no. anyway. Now, obviously in terms of scaling a business internationally, it's exciting, but there come mm. a lot of challenges and risks, risks mm. with that. How do you, and maybe this is maybe more of an Adam thing, um, how do you guys kind of like try and future proof against risks and, and, and stuff as you, cause like scaling can be great, but a lot of things break and like you can scale and top line could grow, but then you realize, Hey, we spent mm. all this time and money and energy and it's actually impacted bottom line negatively. Yeah. 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 We, you know, for a while there, we were just, some people can sort which we did probably in the beginning, you're like, if, if Kim Kardashian gets our products and posts, then it'll all be amazing. and It'll be great. And we sort of, let's just go and throw perfume over the fence sort of thing. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but you know, that sort of doesn't work anymore, you know? So you have to go over to these new countries with a plan mm-hmm. um, and that, and plan for that to, to happen, mm-hmm. but don't make it the only plan. Mm-hmm. Um, because if that happens and you're not even over there logistically, you're in trouble anyway. Um, so it's cool. You might get a million followers, but your business will break overnight. Yeah. Um, so we just, you know, what we've done is try to go to these locations physically like Raquel going over there and sampling and seeing what the feedback is uh, and seeing which place sticks the most. And we've had, you know, a lot of good feedback in the US and a lot of good feedback in the UK. So I would meticulously go and try to find a 3PL that's right and not just go to the first one because a bad 3PL can fuck you. Like, I've heard real bad so, horror stories. So badly. And it can you can waste months and months of time, you send product over to them, get stuck, for whatever reason, it just can be a nightmare. So you have to be methodical about picking a 3PL first and foremost after you've found a place that that you think will like your product. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what I think, you know, you should do is go down back to that guerrilla marketing. For us, we can sample it, get the guerrilla marketing, but get their signups and drive signups in these locations yeah. so that you can actually see a customer base that you've got to market to because mm-hmm. you can just go and turn Facebook ads on in the UK with not one person has seen your product and it could work. But for us, you, they don't know who we are. They can't smell a picture. So have you guys tested those like running many campaigns in the US or UK? And we haven't started yet. We haven't even started wow, yet. It's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll start January. Um, you have to spend this amount to get this ad, ad limit up which you know, but um, we'll start it in January properly. Yep. And, you know, we've had billboards in Vegas. We've had billboards in LA. We've had samples in UCLA. UCLA. We've had articles and yesterday. Um, Chris Appleton, did you see? No, so I didn't he's, see. Uh, he's Kim Kardashian's hairdresser. Like oh, he's on the, yeah. their show all the time. Um, and he messaged us like probably two months ago now mm. saying that he loves his product, him and his um, now soon to be ex-husband. Um, and he, someone sent me a link yesterday to his TikTok and he did a, he was getting like a get ready with me, doing a get ready with me to go to Tommy Hilfiger show and he was spraying Rebel Rose. Wow. 
not paid or anything. Not just like, like we did not know, um, but like, so we sent it straight to Alter and say, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you better fucking get in now. Yeah. yeah. What was the moment for you guys when, like influence still have, the influencers still have a role to play, mm. yeah. but what was the moment um, for you guys when you realised that, hey, influencers aren't really converting like they used to? Um, Did you guys do much macro influences or were you more like micro? We, 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 missed, we missed the macro influencer right. era. So like when High Smile and mm. you guys, when, when you guys yeah. went hard at it, like best time of, the of you know, social media ever mm. to, to do it. Mm. And on the back of you guys doing so well, then everybody did it and obviously people just started realizing that they were getting sold to too much. And within about, I would say two years of you guys killing it with it, it just sort of went flat. So what we we've done, you know, pay 10 grand a post and pay 15 for this and whatever. And it always fails. Mm -hmm. There's never been a time if we think about it where we've got our money back from it. Never. So Mm -hmm. what we do with them is we, we use them to, give away stuff. Mm-hmm. So our discovery our set, discovery set will, will, will say that such and such, you know, million followers is five grand for the post, mm-hmm. but we need you to give away a thousand discovery sets through the sign up link. Wow. So we can, that works for us. That, wor- well. that works yeah, yeah, for I like us. That. And I can handle the loss of the $5,000, mm-hmm. thousand signups plus a thousand people have a product that we wouldn't have got to them before. Wow. So we've just so that, started really doing so that. we're just doing that. With yeah. them. So we did have, again, that was a free discovery setting that uh, Tammy, uh, Emily Hembrow. Um, M Davies, M Davies. And amazing. M Davies. They've been okay for us. <laughs> and, but I think overall, like the influencer world is like, it's not converting. Yeah. Em- Emily was probably one of the best, one of the best influencers we work with in terms of conversion. Obviously yeah. we, we had a product as well that was, that was perfect for influence marketing because yeah. we, we had a high AOV, which meant if we were only going to spend a few grand and they only got, you know, a few sales, then we can get to that break even point yep. really quickly. But it was something that was really new and like no one had really seen before. So it worked very really Instagrammable well. As very well. Instagrammable. But yep. like when we'd got to the stages of spending like 40, 50, 60 grand per post. Mm-hmm. What? They were the ones, I couldn't. Yeah. They were the ones that, that <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work. And you wow. want, you 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 want them to work. You're like, yes, this is going to go. It's going to do it. But they just don't. Like we've reused that content a lot and got value out of it yep. that way. Yep. But like the biggest, biggest ones, like the two far away, from their followers it's yeah. just it, there's, there's yeah. a broken connection there yeah. Yeah. and and it doesn't work like it used to but yeah it was it was really fun while it lasted but I feel like another one of the problems is like you know these big corporates like they're five years behind on everything that's really working yes. they're like oh influencer marketing yeah now so a lot of the influencers that are still doing clubs all the time they're no longer the mm. like SMEs e-com startups mm. all these big, big. global international mm. international brands and it's like because yeah, maybe influence marketing is going to work better than their radio campaign or their yeah. newspaper or the TV stuff that they were running, but they don't really understand attribution mm. like to, to the, to, and they don't care. No. Like they don't, but these, there's such big companies. Like they look at everything on such a big, big broad, big broad level and every things are trending up. Yeah. They're happy. Let's mm. put mm. that. But like these influences for if econ brands wanted to go and in, in, in invest in them, like their prices are so high, yeah. but I don't think these influencers realize mm. they're not, it's not actually worth no. like this. And if everyone's like, oh, it's a brand thing. Well, mm. unless you're Kim Kardashian mm. or whatever, yeah. who fucking cares that, yeah. you know what I mean? So it has changed a lot now. Moving into that Black Friday preparation talk, what does that look like for Who is Elijah? How many different balls are you guys juggling to get ready for this big launch tomorrow? Yeah. I've had hardly any input. <laughs> 
You've just it, been too busy flying all over the world yeah. setting up the future, yeah. Yeah, it's been like I don't want it, like it's, it's it's intense, but you choose it to be intense. So I think it's important that it's like oh, it's hard, but like I chose it to be hard. So I'm acknowledging that I've put us into a challenge, yeah. but the challenge was laid out a few months ago by the for, by me to the team that I believe we can do, you know, 20,000 orders. Previous best was 5,000 orders. I believe we can do 20,000 orders on Black Friday. Let's work backwards from that. And it's as simple as that, when you start. And then it's like, all right, where's the stock coming from? What is the production? We're going to create a new brand. You would have seen the content. It's all different. You know, so content people, marketing people, EDMs, Facebook, all the structure of the Facebook account changes significantly through the sale. Um, All of your, you know, cost of goods analysis is really important. The unit economics is really important so you don't, you know, say let's go 60% off and, you know, it doesn't matter how much you make, you're still losing money. Like (laughs) people do that without calculating it. Mm -hmm. It's really important to like to see the whole thing properly. And with um, Jay's community, they've got like a dialed in structure of it. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, it's, I just said today actually like I had, we had a big team meeting today. This is like a recap of it. And I said, guys, you know, regardless of what happen, what happens tomorrow. And I say to Rico, I'm like, this is like a quarterback NFL Super Bowl moment. This is what Black Friday <laughs> is for, for brands yeah. if they decide to do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot that can go right and there's a lot can go wrong. But at the end of the day, the business has changed so much over the two months since we've decided to go for this and look at how far we've come. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the result, we're a different business because of it. Yeah. So – Logistically, there's, you know, days and days and weeks and weeks of of changes and meetings and different things. And, you know, you just pick this target and you just you just say this one sentence of let's go for this. And then the ripple effect is significant. So we'll see what happens. And is a lot of the preparation in in the content? A lot of the preps in the content. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the product, obviously we make our it. product. Yeah. But for for like the marketing aspect, which is where you're going to get the reach and how you're going to do that. It's really how we're going to look different to everybody else yeah. and how is our core, who is Elijah, OG followers and subscribers going to like commit to the sale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got this group of these people and these funnels that are middle of funnel and bottom of funnel that are going to really be the ones that drive it. So what value are you going to provide to them? What product combinations can you give to them that are still really profitable little once a year things, hype it up like crazy, tell them it's going to run out of stock, press the button and just see what happens. Yeah, it's exciting. But honestly, <laughs> to take the pressure off, which again, it seems like you guys are going to kill it. Black Friday is no longer about a day. It's about a period anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. how crazy is next, this whole next week going to be? Like yeah. Ne- yeah. tomorrow, I'm sure there'll be a peak and, and Friday will be a peak. But yeah. there's like how much will you do over the, over the next over week? The next That's week. what's going to be really fucking exciting to watch. Um, to be a fly on the wall in when mm. watching watching uh, the sales go up is going to be yeah. I'm not sure if I want the girls to film me like in the moment or film us in the moment because yeah. if something goes wrong, it's like film oh. it yourself. Just film <laughs> yeah. it yourself. Be by yourself, and then like yeah. it'll be because that content's also really cool. cool. You never know. You look you might, back on it. You look back on it. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's a cool way you can leverage that with yourself in the future. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pumped, and I'm pumped for like the team's really like. You know, you force something that they've never done before, that mm. we've never done before, that 
they, you know, they've got to do all their additional normal day-to-day work mm-hmm. plus build this huge other moment that's Massive never been campaign, done. So yeah. it's so much work that goes into it. So in terms of, again, it is a little bit tactical, but um, I'm really enjoying hearing kind of your thought process behind that. What are some of the channels that you're, you're going to execute on? Obviously ads is going to be a massive part. Facebook ads, obviously Meta, Facebook and Instagram. Do you guys do TikTok ads at this stage or? No, we've been slow to the Not TikTok yet. game. I just yeah. have the ads manager like before mm. I came here. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we'll do obviously Facebook, Instagram, um, Google. Google. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do SMS. We'll do email. In- email. And that's it really. So yeah, it's not exciting like. The, the amount of units you'll sell doing that and how crazy the revenue numbers will be. And people think it's so complicated, but it's really yeah. like, okay, what channels do we have at our disposal? Yeah. How do we maximize each of these channels yeah. and then execute? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, for people listening, like grow your SMS list, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you can. And that for us is like, it's such a, a like a turning a tap on scenario when we send an sms it's instant it's instant you know everyone's on the um, phone all the time and sms obviously if you can learn ads manager you know give yourself a few months before you decide to do a black friday campaign <laughs> uh, um but yeah sms email facebook if you can dial in those three yeah. that you know with the resources that you have you should be able to crush it and in terms of building an sms list what's some of the initiatives you guys have run to to get data um, we just, you know, giveaways and, you know, like exclusive drops in there, or we'll do a random, like, you know, three hours only collectives, 40% off. Um, yeah. and then we'll like screenshot it and send it to the, our community that's on email or on social and say, guys, you missed this. Um, so that works. Yeah. We've also built a really cool personalized pop-up that's coming that will, if we have someone's email and not their SMS, it will show them the SMS pop up and then vice versa. That's cool. So that's like little things like that in business as usual day to day as the grind goes throughout the year, you'll get a lot of signups from that. Is rewards or loyalty programs or anything in that vein in the future vision for who is Elijah? Yeah. I know they're harder to execute properly than people would. Yeah. And people think, yeah. We've talked about We definitely want it, but it's just, it's a, it's a yeah. lot. How? We're gonna, yeah, how? We're launching the app. We're launching the app. Oh yeah, um, in, app. In, in, I was like, you know, yeah, we're launching the, <laughs> the app in uh, in a week, which is cool uh, with Tapcart, which you know I think a lot of people are on. Yeah. Um. We. What else? Yeah. Wish list. We're going to launch a wish list. So like those things are like like low hanging fruit with a wish list. I think everyone should be on. So for like your Black Friday or for any big promotions like this time of year with you guys, obviously why your product's so great, it's. Mm. Someone will buy, they'll have one set, they'll go and buy the other, you know, help. we got like 10 cents now or yeah. getting close to that. There's a range, but there's also LTV repeat purchases. Yeah. When you're setting up these goals of 20,000 orders, what sort of um, split do you kind of factor in? Okay, it's going to be 70% returning, 30% new. How do yeah. you kind of work out those metrics? Yeah, well, we went off end of financial year sale and that was the first big sale that we've run. So if you haven't run a sale before, you're just going to have to do it and see what happens, mm-hmm. right? Realistically, or you could do historical data over 12 months, 24 months and see. Um, but sale, people think differently in sale periods. As we know, we want them to think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but we set it up. It's like, it's counterintuitive because we set it up for existing customers, returning customers. Um, but on the day, I know we'll probably only do 40% returning customers and the rest will be 60% of new customers. That's exciting. So 
we, you think that you're building it for existing customers and then you only access existing customers and you've got audiences of 200,000 people that can only get them. That's all they can get. But on the day, you know, crazy how many new people come to the site yeah. to do it. So, you know, you also do a lot of to the Facebook ads, top of funnel excluded audiences so that people that have been, you exclude everyone that's been on your site for 30 days or 90 days and you're genuinely going to cold people that have never seen you before. If you have an offer that is significant, up to 40% off, giving away 10 grand cash, free this, free that, then of course they're going to come. Yeah. If they've seen us in price sign or David Jones and you know they've been given a sample by the girls somewhere in a line somewhere, then they're going to come through. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in terms of as you guys look to to and we'll start to 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 wrap up, I want to talk to you about a couple couple last things. But as you guys look, obviously you've had all this growth. Now you look to okay, how we get to the next the next stage of where we want to be, where where you've set, set your um your landmark goals of where you want to be as a brand. Obviously, retail growth is massive, but for you in terms of growing the business in in ecom, what are you guys focusing on more? Is it acquiring new customers or is it increasing LTV with the customers you already have? Both. Both. Yeah. I've had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can uh, speak. <laughs> I haven't been speaking much this time. Yeah. I've, had her own I've, really, I've so. really set, what's that word? I've really stepped away from work a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I said to Adam the other day, I was in Woolworths, and I just called him and I was like, can we start almost giving away 10,000 discovery sets every month? Like if I stop got doing these overseas trips because they're kind of, I think we've done what we've needed to do. Yeah. It costs so much money. Um, and, you know, if we're getting an extra 10,000 customers a month, like quadruple our database in very short period of time. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start doing that from like January, February. Um, and like the cost of that acquisition is way cheaper than Facebook ads. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely new customers acquisition. So sure. how, how would yeah. you give away 10,000 discovery sets? Well, that's probably going to be the hard part because, like, that's a lot of product giveaway. But um, wanting to do it, I don't know is the right word, digitally, like we'll run Facebook ads to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, influencers are very good at, at this because everyone wants a free product. So, so they, you'll say you, you post this, put yeah. a little link where that people little code or whatever yeah. it's going to we're going to set yeah. it up. Yeah, so, like. We like M Davies did a post for us recently, and then we said, "Hey, do you want to give away some free discovery sets?" I think she gave out a thousand in an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I think we're not going to do it free. I mean, we can't give away f- like ten thousand free every month. So we might do ten dollars plus shipping, so they can pay fifteen dollars for like a seventy dollar product yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than seventy dollars. So yeah. yeah, so we're going to try and do that. Like we'll have to get creative, obviously, to give out that much every month, but. Even just like sending like, you know, like doesn't Coca-Cola have like a head office here somewhere? Like they must have a lot of employees. But just as an example, like find out the head count of these big companies that are, you know, that we think are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like the, yeah, big companies and send. And you want to give away this to all your, your yeah. staff? Yeah. Gift, like, like a Christmas gift Christmas gifts. Like we're actually, mm-hmm. we're actually doing that. Um, we're sending Christmas gifts, discovery sets to like Ulta, Sephora, like all over the globe. Mm-hmm. Just like going to. Just yeah, give think, them until like, they say such yes. such a good product that you can sample. Like you can't sample a T-shirt. Yeah. You can't sample like, you know, other products. And we're just fortunate that we've got this product that we can give away mm-hmm. and, that you know, there's 10 options of variations inside that product. Two. And then yeah. like we've got good online and we've got good branding. So, you know, eventually it's just the numbers game of just giving them out but getting their details. It's just, yeah. it's just a volume thing. 
So if you give away a, a discovery set, which has like the 10, the 10 mil 10, vials, yeah. how long is it generally like if, again, I don't know if you can track this data or if, if, if you know exactly how long, I'm sure you did, depending on how you mm. gave away those discovery sets. How long is it for, for the people that come and purchase generally? What's the lag time between set someone getting a discovery set and then purchasing a full size of their fa- couple favorite scents? You did that one. Yeah. It's about 45 days. Nice. Yeah. So it was 90 which is way too long, three months, right? But because we had bad SMS, bad email, bad follow-ups, bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And like a really big goal was to just bring that number right down mm-hmm. so we could like know, okay, more often than not, when we give these away 45 days later, we should get X amount back. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. cool once you've done that, however many months in a row. And the it starts to pile up. Pile up, pile yeah. up, pile up. And you're yeah. like, fuck, you yeah, should have started this earlier. earlier. I'm yeah. regretting it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But well, I think we're now ready to. Exactly. We've got the machines now. Like we couldn't do that if we didn't have these new machines. So was that a big investment for you guys in terms of the machinery to enable this growth? Yeah. Yeah. About a hundred grand, two yeah. machines, yeah. 50 grand each. And, and how many can they pump out in a day? You do the it's little. 1500 t- an hour. Oh, wow. At right? least. Yeah. So yeah, two nice. machines going, you know, it's 2000 an hour. So it's a lot. And how many were the team doing manually mm-hmm. per hour? Could you pump out? Oh, like they could maybe do a thousand a day. Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we're still yeah. behind. Yeah. And we are still behind. But so we, we only got the machine. Second machine came two days ago. Yeah. And the first one we got because of Priceline. We're like, fuck, let's buy we this machine it, yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get the machine until after we fulfilled Priceline. So we only had it for a few months. Mm. Yeah. Now in terms of expansions, you've got Perfumex, that, that brand. But again, still mm. in the same space. For who is Elijah? I know I've heard you speak about a couple of different things, potential hotel licensing. Is that mm. still on the cards for the future? Or yeah. Or? We actually just Today, came yeah. here. We um we got like the, these final samples for um our hotel bottles and like shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Um, but I don't think I'm allowed to say which hotel, but we are about to launch into like one of Sydney's best hotels. Yeah. Is that going to be early next year or? It was meant to be this meant month. To be this year. So I'm hoping, it's, I don't know, it keeps getting delayed, but um, it's definitely happening and they've licensed our morning after fragrance. So all of like the hotel amenities will be morning after. That's cool. And yeah, then I actually cool. got an email last, maybe it was Monday, a hotel in New York. Um, are reviewing our samples to pick a fragrance, hopefully. Yeah, and, and then it's like scaling up your sampling. Nicely, yeah. Right? And it's just like the brand re- brand recognition. You don't really yeah. make money from being in those no, hotels, but, so. you know, you get really like free good marketing. free marketing and, you know, especially the type of hotel, if you get really wealthy people in there, mm-hmm. and they see the branding, you know, it does eventually come through. Will you break mm-hmm. even on it, do you think, or will it cost you anything? It actually doesn't cost us anything. So we okay. partnered with a company and they pay for everything and we actually get paid a royalty. Yeah. I don't know how much they make. They yeah, obviously make yeah. money because they're yeah. a huge company, but yeah. we don't we don't have to do any of the work, which is good. And yeah, we get I think we get like ten thousand a quarter or something. And how did that come up? Was that something you guys went looking for? Or was that an email that came no, to you? No, they reached out to yeah, us. Yeah, because yeah. I think hotels they're like sort of wanting to find something different, yeah, and like they love like I don't know if we're still an indie brand, but I'm sure to some people we're compared to the big hotel compared groups, to the big yeah. ones, like, yeah, yeah, like the brands that they would be running. Want something different, so um, yeah, really exciting. And what about product expansion? Are you guys going to stick in the in the perfume space? Would you do other things potentially down the line? Yeah. Or um, I think because now we've got the uh, the company that's doing our hotel products, we can actually buy those products in bulk from them for us to sell as retail. Mm-hmm. So we are going to give that a trial with morning after and nightcap to begin with, just because yep. they're the ones that we've made already. So we'll give that a go. Um, 
um, my perfumer called me the other day. Actually, I forgot to tell you this. Um, he wants um, to make really good candles. Yeah. Because we right. did them once with another perfumer and they sucked and they were too expensive because he overcharged us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Brad, our perfumer, he said that we could we can make a really good fragrance, uh, sorry, really good candle. So we'll start that early next year. What else we got? Really good fragrances next year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's more new, new fragrances. More, yeah. yeah. And I think we, we the girls put together like some random hats for um, – I just like little merch, fun merch, merch hats, But everyone yeah. wants them mm. and they did these tops and stuff where everyone wants. So yeah. I think a few people, like we still think that Who Is Larger is perfume mm-hmm. and it is, but Who Is Larger, the, the name, it's not Who Is Larger perfume. Mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of yeah. people, some, you know, higher ups have said to us, you guys should probably start, or well, you, not that you should start, but you could do other products mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be this like confusing thing of, these guys sell cars and now they sell T-shirts. Like it's <laughs> it's different. So I think that next year we're just really focused on like, you know, being really good at what, we, what we've just built on and, you know, introducing some cool new fragrances and body wash and things like that. Um, and start doing some like limited edition. Like I've always been against it just because yeah. I fall in love with the fragrances. You like my little baby. Forever. Yeah. But I do, we are, we're going to trial one next year, one in, yeah, which one it was, but one of the early ones. Um, and see how that goes. And then if it's like so popular, which of course it's going to be, um, we can always bring it back. Maybe it's like, uh, maybe start yeah, being bring a bit- it back the next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, also that's just going to create like the hype factor is yeah. going to go crazy, right? Yeah. So many brands recently, especially in fashion have been built on hype and exclusivity yeah. and yeah. sold so out well. and not bringing it back. So yeah. if you can replicate that in the fragrance space, yeah. then mm. or maybe it's like, you know, you bring it out you know, for, you know, one day, yeah. once a quarter, or, you know how like Greta yeah. with the fifth used to yeah. we only release, well, that's going to be loud on the yeah. microphone. <laughs> we only release like on the fifth of every, like. Yeah. Oh, really? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the start. Yeah. 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 I'm actually wearing a little fifth watch. I just stole it off my missus. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it made me think of it. But yeah. Exciting. Now in mm. terms of big picture stuff, yeah, I know you chatted to this with Mark when you're on his podcast mm. now. In terms of a potential exit down the line, it could be five years, 10, 20, you may fall in love and never want to let go of this baby. <laughs> but what sort of things like metrics do you start looking at in terms of targets? How do you build a business with an exit in mind? Not that I'm thinking about exiting, but how do you build and scale a business that potentially you might get an offer? You might be another email. Hey, mm. we want to give you however many hundred millions of dollars for this yeah. brand. How do you start preparing for that? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it's like, Especially yeah. today, I'm a little hungover. So that <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> um, I think Adam is obviously the best person to have on the team because he does think like that. Not that we want to, but you just mm. like naturally think like yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, like you have to be ready all the time, I think. And if you like really break it down to the most simplistic like thing that you need to have for an exit – you need to be profitable, mm-hmm. right? You can have branding, you can have all this cool stuff and a product that's fancy and everything. But if you do not make actual profit, then you're, there's no value to you. You're a risk, you know? So I look at like, you know, I really like look up to like Simon from Culture Kings, Toby from Sweat, um, obviously, you know, Nick from Afterpay and these, these guys, but Simon from Culture Kings a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And their numbers were, I think, 170 million in revenue at 15% net profit, like net profit, not gross profit, net profit. Um, they were on this huge trajectory of growth at the time, which Mark actually, you know, reminded me was probably the most important part of it. We actually had our family picnic after the after the podcast and we talked more about it. But um, 
yeah, it's like, first of all, get your profit right, get your metrics right, and then how big do you think your brand can actually go? I believe who is large, it can be this big global brand and have this the same impact that we have in Australia. We think that we're big in Australia and obviously there's lots of noise around us, but from a customer base, we're, we're not even scratching the surface yeah. yet. So emulating that in, in the US and, and the UK, not being everywhere, just working backwards from a revenue number of, I think it's 250 million at 20% net profit with, you know, big wholesale accounts locked in for the future. I think that's the $500 million exit. Yeah. Crazy to think about. And was it, you recently got like a $20 million valuation. Is that, how did that, how did you guys, is that yeah. something you wanted to do? Is someone just come and, and said. Yeah, we had, um, we had one of the partners um, who we work with sort of, come to us and say, look, what you guys are doing is great. This is what I'm doing with you guys now, but this is what I do with a lot of other brands as well. What do you guys think about, you know, me coming in as a partner? And we sort of entertained yeah. yeah, we entertained it um, and we put the valuation together mm-hmm. and we sent it back to them. And I think that maybe they thought it was obviously both sides. One wants a high valuation, one wants a low. Um, we came in at a fair valuation based off other brands that had done similar exits recently. So the number landed at 20 million um, and, you know, we wanted them to have, they wanted 10%. The number was too high for them. Um, but now, even now it's even higher. <laughs> yeah. you know, now six months later, eight months later, it's probably a good deal for them back then. So but we're glad that we didn't. We don't, we yeah. don't want to. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I, I, why didn't you, well, what was the, how did you guys come to the decision to say, yeah. I would leader. hate to be told what to do. Could you imagine that in yeah. your own business as well? Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, at the time. Paul, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but Paul is like, he really doesn't want us to sell any of it unless it's like, you know, the big, the big, the big yeah, ticket. Yeah. But he, he was like, don't, but let's entertain it. But he's like, unless it is like an astronomical figure that they're willing to pay, like don't do it because you guys can do that by yourself. Like now it's like it's quite easy to make $2 million, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. not sound like an asshole, like an idiot, but like mm. it wouldn't be worth it. Down the track we'd regret that 10% yeah. a lot. And it would change It would change things as well. And yeah. That, maybe take a little bit of the fun out of it, a little bit of the freedom. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we had a call the other day with a, another investor that, that came into the office actually and, you know, they were great. They are you know, reputable, well-known, you know, e-commerce investor. Um, and they. Does the name start with D? No, okay, her, her name starts <laughs> with K. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway um, yeah, and they came in and they were like, yeah, it's all amazing. It's all amazing. You guys are great, which is good. Um, and then, you know, she sort of like slyly said, look, we only take 30 or 40%, you know, so like, some other businesses we take 60 or 51 to 60%. But for you guys, we only take 30 or 40%. I'm like, and I just entertained it for five <laughs> seconds. Then I emailed her straight back. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, you know, the last offer we had was for 10%. There's no way I'm giving up 30%. Yeah. And, you know, she said, oh, all we have is like a monthly meeting and then a weekly catch up. And then we call every now and then. I'm like, oh my God, no way. Yeah. We don't even have weekly catch ups in, yeah. in, our, in yeah. our own office. Like, oh, uh, just so. take, it takes so much of the love out of it. And like, yeah. Raquel, like, could you imagine you can't just, you know, have a crazy idea and jump yeah. on the plane the next day? Uh, I'd hate it. I'd regret yeah. it. Yeah. And Obviously there's probably something out there that would be amazing for us. And, you know, we don't, we're not saying no forever, but I just think we're like on such like a good trajectory now that 
And we're like finally starting to learn how to really run the business. It's like, let's yeah. just give ourselves like a good chance at doing it by ourselves. Yeah. For, in terms of like as we can. park the valuation and cash yeah. injection, what strategic value would, would you want a partner to bring exactly. that would actually make you consider yeah. it? Yeah. Well, look, we, I think someone, I think someone that has like, like, actual access into big retail, mm. like not just like bullshit access that oh, yeah, I know the buyer at this. No, like, <laughs> like you own the company yeah, and yeah. we are on the shelves immediately, mm. like in 50,000 stores in the U S. So if you're listening, like we're here, but, like, <laughs> but that's, that something like that would be, yeah. would be very considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's the hardest. I don't say the hardest part for us, but like mm. if we could just, if you could get into those big retailers instantly, like, mm. You'd be laughing, but and, like and you, something that something that you w- you wouldn't be able to do yourself. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. th- it doesn't matter if it was in two years or in three years or in five years, which you can learn everything along the way. Yes, and you can get mm-hmm. relationships along the way. Yes. So if if the person has things that you can't do mm-hmm. over those five years, then that's you know worth thinking about. Yeah. No, that's exactly the way I would approach it too. Like, yeah. particularly with the tra- trajectory that you guys are on, you don't need to take the quick money just no. just because when yeah. you yeah. get there anyway. So, yeah. Um, final question as as we wrap up, like, what would your piece of advice be? I, I know it's going to be different for every couple, and it seems like you guys do it in your own cool, fun, unique way. But in terms of people going into business with their partner, what would your advice be to to navigate that? I don't know. Everyone's so different. Every relationship's different. I don't think there's a one answer fits all. Um, stay in your own lane. I think I, if, if we were both doing what Adam's doing or both doing what probably wouldn't yeah. work. I mean, sometimes it might work, but I think if it's like quite separate, um, I don't know. I don't want to say like we treat each other like colleagues because that's not true, but I don't know. Like just don't fight. Yeah. yeah. And like. I think for us. How's your relationship before going before to Before going. <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's we really never important. fight. Like yeah. very open communication, the both of us. Yeah. And I, I think for us, it works really well because we both know what's going on. Yeah. So people are always confused by like, we spend all day together, all night together, and we're still trying to find more time to spend together, like outside of those hours, which is zero hours outside <laughs> of those hours, right? We're still trying to find more time with each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. But if we lived separate business lives and we came home and I, she was crazy stressed and I was crazy stressed and the kids are crazy and, everything's upside down and you want attention from the other person, but you don't know what they're going through. Mm. It causes trouble. You fight more. You fight a lot. And not that that's, that's worst case, but that's what happens day to day. Mm. For us, there's definitely been times the last 12, 18 months, two years where we've been so fucking stressed at home. And it's like, like the tears and all sorts of different things. And if I wasn't in the business at that time, I'd obviously you'd be sympathetic and it's your wife, but it's like, it's like, what about me? you know, and she would be the same. What about me? Why don't, why is this taking all of your energy? And because I can sit there and, and know her, her calendar and I know everything that's going on in her life in work, I know exactly when to come into the house and take the kids and go and not want anything else other than for her to have a, a relaxing time. Yeah. Do so, you guys, when you are hanging out, having your, you know, weekends away, little staycations, you guys find it hard to not talk about work? Or? I don't know what we would talk about yeah, if we didn't have work. But <laughs> if it, like we don't want to talk like about the shit stuff. And again, like because we do separate stuff, like we'll talk about what we're doing, but then it kind of makes it exciting because it's not like we've already heard it before, I guess. Mm. Um, but we more so, I feel like we talk about like the fun stuff, like yeah. the exciting stuff. Mm. We're not sitting there talking about 
and shit shit. Yeah, we're not talking and we've sort of gotten to a little bit of a bigger point now where we're not in each other's day-to-day tasks anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole, like she said three things already that I didn't even know have happened. (laughs) I just told her about the app that she didn't even know is happening. So, you know, it's the day-to-day like little intricacies that you can get caught up in frustrations. It's just not part of our life anymore. So we can, you know, most of the time when we're at dinner, we're out, we're talking about the big, exciting things that we want to do. Yeah. And, you know, in 12 months time, you know, Black Friday next year, who, who will we be? Or, you know, what is it going to happen when, when Alter calls and it's these big, exciting things because we're sort of confident within ourselves as a team that, that we can handle it and that the little stuff doesn't matter. It's like, let's talk about the big stuff. There's a lot of that will just relate regardless if you're married or if you're just business partners. And like a big part of it, just listening to you guys speak is trusting the other person to do Mm. their role and giving them the, the, the freedom and and, and the complete trust and Mm. get behind them to do that. And then a lot of times when, when business partners go wrong, it's, they don't do that. Yeah. And I guess it's even doubly important when you're married and you go home sleep in the same bed. So um, thanks for sharing all that. We'll have to do part three when there's a hundred million dollar valuation. Maybe it's next year. Yeah, Might have to do one around Black Friday every year. Where's the update? How much have you grown? Yeah. Um, But for everyone listening, where's the, the best place to find you guys and your fragrances? Um, our website, well, we've got many websites now. So it's whoiselijah.com.au and it'll divert you wherever you need to go. Um, Instagram, we're at whoiselijahparfum. Um, David Jones, Sephora, Priceline, <laughs> everywhere. Alter soon, hopefully. Alter yep. soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank Good you. luck for tomorrow and the, and, the, and the weeks ahead for Black Friday, Q4 in general. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.